If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. What's going on, everybody? Happy Thursday. Lots going on today in the world of movie news. Victoria Alonso was part of uh, Marvel for a very long time. Gone. Suddenly, more details coming out about her sudden departure. We'll talk about that. John Wick. That movie looks to be crushing at the box office. Talk about the targeted potential box office for the weekend and why we think that Movies outside of the comic book movie realm are really starting to pick up. Star Wars, that's right. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. We lost Damon Lindelof, but it looks like we picked up the writer of Peaky Blinders. Good move, bad move, irrelevant until it happens. We'll talk about that and more. Uh, there's so much to talk about in general here today, and I'm, I'm by my lonesome. I'm by my lonesome, and I'll explain why in just a little bit. We are doing a full virtual event now. With myself and the entire Big Thing crew, that if you join the website, and that's thechristianharloff.com, thechristianharloff.com, and you join up tomorrow, we're doing a full kind of explanation of everything that's going to be happening with the website in general, some big special announcements in general about things that we're going to be doing, road dates, things, potential, a lot of different things. So we hope that you join us over there. By the way, if you haven't done it already and you're brand new to the channel, do me a favor and show a little. Subscribe. Get us to 100,000. We're almost there. So we hope that you join us. It's a big thing, everybody. It's me. It's you. It's everybody. All right. Let's get to it. I'm ready. You're ready. Cool. What up, everybody? Thanks for joining me here today. It's me. Christian Harloff on the big thing. If you have not already done this, please, obviously, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Spotify, we're on video. Oh, boy, do I get it when I don't put the uh, video on Spotify. I get it all the time. Why does that happen all the time, people want to know? That's because I usually upload straight to YouTube, and I always give myself a note. Hey, man, upload to Spotify, and then I get caught up with other stuff. I'm working on it, guys. I'm trying to build it. I'm trying to build it so we get more people to help, but i got to be smart about it. And that's what I've been doing. And that's why this uh, this announcement tomorrow is going to help a lot. So we hope that you join us over there uh, once again at thechristianharloff.com. Uh, Roxy and Brett usually on the show. Obviously, Steph and Mike weren't on. Um, so I mentioned this on Sith Council, Big Thing Sith Council yesterday, if you didn't check it out. But my someone in my house got sick, and... Um, it was, you know, getting better. But problem is, closed area. People were like, hey, man, I don't know if I necessarily want to come in and get sick. I was like, I get it. I totally understand. And that's another reason why we were going to do the, the big kind of big party event on Friday with everybody in studio and instead have to do it virtual. But we have just too much to announce, and we want to kind of tell you guys the future of everything we're doing. So instead of pushing it back, um, it's kind of, 
very important that we get these announcements out and tell you everything going on. So we are going to do everything. Everyone's going to be together. We'll, it'll be managed chaos. But another reason why today, uh, crew's off. They'll be back next week. And, um, and yeah, so just wanted to be up front, as I tell everybody, this week is just a bunch of solo shows, although Capes and Cows will be virtual tomorrow with myself, Winston, and Coy. We're going to do one um, one virtual show together. So we I'll have the guys on that show tomorrow, and then we should be hopefully in working order by, by next week in, in studio and all that. So thanks for sticking with us, bearing with us, and all that. And as always, keep the comments coming, really great comments coming in. You guys are very, very impressed with this community, I have to tell you, because it – you look at the kind of the, the past and I, and I, and I made, and I made a kind of an observation over it, to be honest. I, I've been streaming a lot, live streaming on the old schmoes, old Schmodown channel. That's just called the Christian Harloff and friends channel, which is just a live streaming channel. If people want to go over there and, and, you know, interact, ask questions, support the channel. That's what that channel is, is necessary, is necessarily for. Right. Um, but what I noticed is it carried in a lot of the old kind of, um, I don't know, the, the, the chat was, was, was not great. That's why I don't really pay attention to a lot of the live chat happening. I do, I, you know, when, when people come in and they're, they're asking particular questions and they're donating questions and it's kind of the, the, the show itself. But a lot of the a lot, live chat, there's a lot of great people in the live chat too, by the way. But it just seems like this channel for some reason, this one that we're on right now, just a really nice positive conversation and even when people are coming in to give critiques and criticisms it's it's i mean not not a hundred percent but i'd say 90 i like the conversation in here i've seen so many different times like even recently hey i don't really agree with what you guys said there but i'll tell you what i do agree with and then it goes into this but then there was I've been, I, I'm not going to, with with the way that this week has been going, I'm not going to lie, I've definitely been a little bit more on edge than I promised myself I would be. And I and I did that today. We're all human, right? But I did this today. So we posted this short about, um, we posted a short, basically about Fred, the YouTube guy. And yeah, at one point, he was like one of the biggest YouTubers out there. And so this guy goes, he writes on the comment, and he goes, Mr. Beast has always been the biggest YouTube guys, you fucking morons. And I had, I, I just, I don't know if it was the New York in me or if I was pissed off in general, but I normally, what, what I have promised myself the way I should have answered that, that particular comment is one of two things. Delete it, nobody sees it, hide the person forever. Or say, hey, you know, sorry you feel that way, but I just remember Fred being the guy for a long time and, you know, that's that's kind of what it is. Um, that's normally what what I how I've been this new since starting the channel. How I promised myself I would deal with everybody, and if some people just want to be dicks, you just throw them out afterwards too. You have the, but you have that initial conversation. I didn't do that this time, and my my response was: Fred came out in two thousand five, or Fred started his YouTube channel in two thousand five, and Mister Beast started his channel in two thousand twelve. Dickhead. Should I have done that? Did what? Did Koi Jandro um, uh, possess me for a little bit? Yeah. Was it was it the mature thing to do? No. Should I have done it? Probably not. But you know, had the moment of weakness and did it. But and I think it's this week. It is this week. So I, I want to make sure that I am. Um, I'm gonna stick to my 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 approach of the way that I was doing it. 
because it's not it, life's too short, guys. Life's too short, and you're not going to change people. And and the philosophy has been helping me out tremendously over the last couple of the uh, last year and a half on this channel. And I think it's the reason why, to be completely honest with you, as I just said, the reason why this community is so um, on this channel is so you know good and and I think polite and and intelligent is because we because of that that philosophy of encouraging even when someone says something you talk to somebody and go hey let's let's have the conversation so again it was on the short and i and i was like eh just felt like calling somebody a dickhead shouldn't have done it but hey what do you do anyway let's talk about some of this news all right let's talk about this victoria alonzo story it's pretty nuts she's the head of uh or or all right, let's talk about this Victoria Alonso story. Last week she was just let go. Uh, or All right, let's talk about this Victoria Alonso story. She was let go a couple days ago. She was the president of Marvel's physical production to post-production VFX and animation. And Variety's talking about a little bit more details on what had happened. So Variety was reporting that the decision was made by a consortium including Disney Entertainment co-chairman Alan Bergman, to whom all of Marvel Studios reports. Alonzo's longtime boss and Marvel's CCO, Kevin Feige, was reportedly not involved in the process and did not intervene. Alonzo joined Marvel Studios in 2006 and has been a fixture alongside Feige and co-president Louis D. Esposito up until this week. Numerous sources for the trade indicate that Marvel has been under tremendous pressure over the past few years. The company has pushed out seven movies, eight streaming series, and two TV specials in a span of just under two years. Alonzo worked to get all of that through Marvel's post-production process, and last summer the strain on the studio began to show as the visual effects artists took to the internet to loudly complain about the studio's demanding work schedules. A lot of the complaints basically came down to Marvel not providing clear enough guidelines and decisively figuring out what they wanted beforehand. Then came the release of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania with a rampant complaint about visual effects. The film ended up with 463 million global box office haul and will likely struggle to break even. Understandably, it has led to a slowdown of the Marvel rollout as the trade indicates five works for Disney Plus were originally planned for this year. That list has now been narrowed down to three or four with the others moving to 2024. Taking at least some off taking at least some of the pressure off of Marvel's post-production pipeline. Alonzo's replacement has not been replaced. Alonzo's replacement has not yet been announced. No announcement yet for Alonzo's replacement. All right, there's a lot here. A lot. The first is, when the announcement came, nobody really knew. Did she leave on her own? Did she leave something that was they were working on? It was kind of mutual seems like she was blindsided by it from what they said inside of the report. Didn't see it coming. And if you look at the report of what Variety says, I mean, a lot of it makes sense to where you've got to, if I now do, is there potentially a, a scapegoat situation here? Maybe in the idea that when you're trying to cut salaries, you're trying to cut costs, you're trying to cut these things to, because all these layoffs are coming for Disney in April Anyway, because they've got a clean house for all the debt they're in from the streaming stuff. And again, movies like Ant-Man that didn't deliver in the way that they thought they would. I don't think that it's 
unfair to say that Marvel, and they are, needs a bit of a of a of a rehaul. They need to they need to change up what they're doing, and they need to. I don't know if it's it's too easy to just say, well, they got to do it the way they used to do it. In a certain aspect, maybe you say, well, it is yet easy to say. Focus more on the stories, focus more on the things, and and maybe focus less on some of these big spectacle CGIs and, and maybe don't release as much as you have been, which seems like ultimately what is what they are doing. Now, the question is how much more details will come out about Victoria Alonso, right? How much more will come out about the idea because there is that, I guess not elephant in the room anymore that they're talking about with the visual effects teams that were really unhappy, whether it was, I remember during like She-Hulk and, and they even make it, made a thing about it at She-Hulk. There was a joke about it. And there's two different reports that I also read in this whole thing that said that there was one report that says that the visual effects of this, she was a nightmare to work for and that she was really, um, you know, kind of looked down on people. And, and then there's another report that completely refutes that and says, no, she was a pleasure to work with and she she was nothing but a, a consummate professional. So who knows what really comes out? You know, you're going to, that's that's just a, there's, there's two sides to every story, right? So who knows? But the question is, because Feige doesn't intervene inside of this one and he doesn't get involved. The question is at that point though, Feige does seem like the kind of person, he's probably, his hands are tied at this particular th- particular moment. But if he really thought that she was going to help move Marvel to the next direction, wouldn't he have found a way to fight for her if that was the case? And maybe he just thought it was time for her to go. But So that's why he said, I can't really intervene. Who knows? Who knows what the, what the real story is, but you can, you can speculate and continue to speculate because it's 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 massive because like they said she just won this award or won uh, either nominated or won I can't remember what the fucking thing said yeah I just read it but either way Argentina 1985 and then eight days later they just let her go now to her probably sudden not to the powers that be that's probably been something that's been talked about for a little bit and maybe they, I mean I definitely think that. Marvel has an over CGI problem at the moment. I think I said that even so, like I, like I mentioned with, with Ant-Man and the Wasp when, when seeing it. My initial reaction has not changed from when I saw the movie and I stand by the whole thing. I enjoyed it. Why? Because it was a different kind of science fiction movie that I thought was really messy. I thought that it was chaotic towards the end, and I definitely could see when I, this is the first, you go back and watch the, watch the reaction. I said, I could see a lot of people not liking this movie, and this is going to be a very divisive film. Um, but I stand by the fact that I think it could have been a lot better film if they didn't make it this big chaotic CGI ending. That's what that's what people want. People want to go to the movies and they want the big science fiction or not science fiction, the big popcorn over the top CGI boom. And it's like, no, we don't. And I think that you like look at something. People are going to go, well, what the hell are you talking about? Look at something like Avatar and um, Top Gun Maverick, obviously. You don't find more CGI and effects than Avatar, which I think just won the Oscar for. But what I'm saying is, if you're going to do it, blend it with the emotion. Blend it with the story that happens overall. Make me care about that fight 
more than just it being a spectacle. And to me, that's what Avatar The Way of Water did. It's a massive spectacle. It's a massive CGI fest. It's a massive uh, effects uh, parade. But they earn it with the emotion that they set up throughout the, the story, at least in my opinion. I, so I, I loved the second Avatar. Um, and Top Gun, same thing. A lot of CGI in that movie. But you can't really even tell, you know, because the people are... Because it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not about the CGI fest. It's, a, again about the mission that is that is teed up from the beginning and the emotion tied behind the mission of how Maverick's got to do this, got to lead these people to to be part of this mission, and it's the lead-up to it. So the fights are, are, are the, the dog fights and all that are, are part of the emotion. Ant-Man didn't have that. A lot of these Marvel movies right now don't have that, and they did at one point. They did, like, the, like Civil War is, is an example, right? When... Not only the, 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 the massive fight that happens with all of the heroes in the airport. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a big CGI fest in general. But again, it's earned through emotion because it, it leads up to this thing. Is it, in, in, in essence, a bit of a gimmick to go, oh, watch the two sides fight? That's why you're there. Of course, that's why you're there. But they earn it. They earn it from the beginning of what, what's happening with the Accords and how it builds up and how they finally get there and, and the introduction to Spider-Man and these different things and, and the emotion that T'Challa is, is, is feeling for the loss of his father and, and just so on. There's, there's just, you just go through it. That's just an, a little bit. You can break down each and every character and know why they're there and why they're fighting and, and the things that they're going through. And it's a, and it's a big buildup and it's earned and it's really earned at the end of that movie when Tony knows that he shouldn't be going after... Um, uh, Bucky, but he can't help himself. And the mo- the music that swells at the time, the fight that happens at the end, and it's not necessarily a big, massive, huge battle. They used a lot of it for the the the, the fight that I was just talking about. But it's the emotion behind Cap and and um, Tony kind of going at it and having this big fight. But it's it it that's just kind of my point of where Marvel needs to get back to. Like, earn it. Don't just throw it against the, the big CGI fest. And maybe that's what they realized. And maybe that's what they're trying to maneuver. And maybe, and I don't know, maybe Victoria Alonso was kind of leading the charge on more CGI and more big battles and more of those types of things. I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, very curious to see. I, I don't think this story is over. So we will learn more. But moving on to the next one. All right, this is a big story. You guys know I've covered it on this channel. People have been covering it. Damon Lindelof is gone from the Star Wars film. But right away, when all this news broke, they made a big announcement that Stephen Knight, who created Peaky Blinders, is going to take over the screenplay writing duties on the untitled Star Wars movie that Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy is attached to direct. Knight is going to take over from Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson, They left the project, which is widely expected to be the first new Star Wars film to hit screens following the release of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which came out in 2019. Knight is a veteran screenwriter who has penned all sorts of films over the years, including Eastern Promises, Locke, Allied, Spencer, Serenity, The Girl in the Spider's Web, Seventh Son, and more. On TV, he's a creator and writer of Taboo, C, and Peaky Blinders. Lindelof and Brett Gibson 
Britt Gibson, excuse me, were hired a while back to write a script and turned in a draft this year before exiting in February. News of their exit hit more recently and in the wake of reports that several other Star Wars projects in the works, Patty Jenkins, J.D. Dillard, and Kevin Feige, have all been shelved. Now, aside from this one, there are potential Star Wars films from Taika Waititi, Sean Levy, and those seem to be the only ones that are still active. There's going to be more information about all this Star Wars news at Star Wars Celebration, which is coming up in April. All right, lots to talk about here. Lots to talk about. So the problem is, as we said, I've been talking about this. A lot of people have been talking about this. This keeps happening with Lucasfilm, right? They bring a creator in, creator leaves, creative differences. They come, they, they bring someone else in. It doesn't happen. It should happen. Who knows? This is what I think should happen at Star Wars Celebration if they're going to actually announce this movie. They're going to obviously have um, Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy come out. They're obviously going to have Stephen Knight potentially come out. Potentially. But if you can bring them out, tell us exactly what the movie's going to be about, give us some cast, and tell us when this thing starts shooting. It starts shooting tomorrow. Great. Still, I don't believe it until I see it or see a trailer, but still, if it's like that real, it needs to be like, not like, oh, look, here's this presentation, like what they do with Patty Jenkins. She's, she's got a helmet out, and then she's flying on an X-Wing, and then it, it, it here we go. We're going to get this movie, and then you don't get it. Don't give me some presentation that you shot for this thing because that doesn't mean it's going to happen talking about this guy in particular is this a good um fit how do you say no it's not a good fit the guy's a fantastic screenwriter and just just from Locke was one of my favorite movies of that year and it was that's the kind of detail that I think is missing from Star Wars movies I think those kind of conversations and that kind of what we were just talking about with Marvel layer in some more, more of the character development like you did in Andor Layer in uh, some more of, of, if you're going to build, if you're building out a new universe, not a new universe, but a new time period that happens after Rise of Skywalker and you're going you're gonna to be the ones that said it, get a guy like this that puts in detail. I think it's a great move if they can actually, if he doesn't leave in a, a month from now and say, no, nah, 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 he, 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 he had ideas and they didn't like what he was doing, so he's, he's, he's gone now. And the question has been, like, why is Kathleen Kennedy still there? People keep, keep asking that question. Why is she still there? Why? She's got a very good relationship in general with Iger, Disney, and as many people have pointed out, and I pointed out, um, she's got a lot of wins for Star Wars as far as films go. She only has one loss with with Solo. I don't care if you like the movie or not. Financially, it was a loss. Um, But she has more wins than losses financially. So they're going to give her an opportunity to make more money for them, but I think that this is what I think could happen with Kathleen Kennedy. I think she's going to have Indiana Jones, which is going to make a lot of money. It's going to be a kind of walk-off-the-court moment for her. And that is why you're going to get these movies, whether it is Sean Levy's movie, Taika Waititi's movie, and now this movie, Chinoy's movie. I think Chinoy's movie is going to... Now we shift the... Fo- Maybe that was another reason why. Maybe the focus was getting more of the shift towards Lindelof, and now it's definitely going to become her movie, and and probably rightfully so if she's the one who's directing it and putting putting it through. She's like, why does Lindelof keep getting all the the headlines and press for it? It's it's my movie. Yeah, they're going to have a screen screenwriter, but I'm the one who's going to bring it to life. So and and I understand that, but I think her movie goes first, and I think Kathleen Kennedy will not be part of Lucasfilm when the movie comes out. But it doesn't mean she doesn't get credit for it. If she's the one who sets it up, and she's the one who sets up the 
you know, if Taika's movie goes and then Sean Levy's movie goes, she's still getting producer credits. She's still seeing, seeing it happen in, in her bank account. She's still seeing all that stuff. So I think she's going to set up these three movies. She's going to have the, the two or three at least, and she's going to have them set up. She's going to have all these other shows, the Acolyte and Andor season. She's going to have all her name on, on all these shows still that she's going to get. And she walks off the court, whether you, me, think she did a good job or not, um, she's going to have all those things, and then she's going to set up her own company or, or be part of other projects, and she's going to do what she's always done, and that's make movies. Um, but I think that's the plan, and I think that's why they're – That's and I also think they're also obviously being pressured to make more Star Wars movies, and they have to do it. Finally, they know that they're going to make some – they bring in a guy like this. like They bring in Knight to see it. Like it, it does – if the movie happens – it gets me excited that if they're like, okay, well, this is the guy we're getting instead of Lindelof. We're getting this guy who created these shows, who's, who's done very extensive, um, and maybe it's a little darker of a movie. We bring in a guy like this, which I'm, I'm all for, a little bit more serious, maybe because they see, like, critically, they saw what, what Andor did critically. And looking at, you know, they want to be taken a little bit more serious, so they bring in a guy like this. To, to do less of the popcorn thing and make it like a little bit more of an idea of let's really dive deep into it. Maybe so. I just, I'm going to be like everyone else and say, I, I believe it when I see it. How long before this guy goes, yeah, I've turned in three drafts that I that are fantastic. I know will work, but I'm getting these ridiculous notes and these other things that just aren't working. We're not seeing eye to eye. Creative differences, I'm out. It's that, that is a, that's kind of like a sure bet right now you hope it's not but it's happened way more often they brought in creators of other big shows they brought in Lindelof creator of Lost or, or co-creator of Lost whatever uh creator of uh, Leftovers uh, Watchmen they brought in uh, Benioff and Weiss they 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 brought in people that have gone bye-bye I, I, my notes were pretty my, my script was good you have a different idea of what you want me to do and I don't want to do that bye-bye and you have to look at the leadership. I just again, this is something I said yesterday. I think on the live stream too. And I'm not encouraging anybody to do this. I'm just curious of it's. It's very interesting that this doesn't happen because you look at the discourse on um, on on social media in general, right? And I know there's a lot of people who are just screaming into the void, and there's other people who are legitimately like, what's going on, just asking the questions. But I look at it, if you look at it like a sports team, and if there's a coach of a team that just keeps making bad moves and continuously just keep making bad moves. When that coach hits the field, they don't get applause. And I'm always looking around people when I go to Star Wars Celebration and I see people like, you know, yeah, all right, woo yeah. And it's like, so I'm not saying some people don't feel that way, but then you know there's people in there that are bitching about it on Twitter that are going, and you're cheering still. It's just like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how long it lasts. I don't know how long it lasts. I think, um, I I think yeah I think after Indiana Jones we we get the announcement but but this Stephen Knight move it's it's a good move it's a good move, and if they stick with it and with with Genoi directing, Stephen Knight writing, that's a great combination. If all this stuff had never happened, with continuously losing people left and right, and this was like the first like let's say they had never lost any directors or creators ever, ever. And they still hadn't made a movie since 2019. 
And this is the first announcement. The director who had directed a lot of the, uh, I think most of the episodes for Ms. Marvel, which I really enjoyed, um, again, because of character development, telling a story that wasn't necessarily the superhero thing was the least interesting thing of that show. It was the it was it was the, the the family and the way that the family was 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 shot and the way that the family was directed and it, so that type of stuff that and, and coupled with this guy on his writing that's a great combination so that announcement comes out and you go whoa great team and they're actually making the movie and they're gonna start shooting and have never had any problems beforehand we'd be a lot more excited right now Regar- even if it was the same movie Rise of Skywalker even if it was the same um, you know. Uh, Last Jedi, all that stuff. If they announced that this was it and they have this team, people would be a little bit more confident than they are. It's not against the people that are involved. It's the idea that you're thinking, okay, but is but will it really happen? So that's a pretty big story. I'm excited to um, see what what's going to happen at Star Wars Celebration. We will see. I'll tell you what you need to see about. People keep asking. People always wonder how you support the show. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to tell you about two sponsors on the show right now, and that is Sunday and Athletic Greens. Spring is around the corner, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it for a lot of different reasons, but Sunday is back, not the day. The peeps who bring you great lawn care, I've talked about them before. People have used them for my show before and have raved about them before, and I'm glad that they are back. I love it when it starts to warm up here. You know, we're getting a lot of rain, a lot of cold. It's starting to warm up. going to be great. I'm going to be in the yard a lot, hanging out with the kids, and we're doing a lot of garden stuff over here. It's one of the greatest parts of spring. Sunday's lawn care, it makes it easier to enjoy. It's great. Spring's here. Days are longer. Flowers are blooming. And we can just spend outside in the yard with the kids doing some stuff and making the season even better is Sunday lawn care. It's everything that you need to get the lawn that you dreamed of. Sunday is everything you need to get the lawn that you dreamed of. So this spring, go to GetSunday.com slash big thing. Enter your address to get a customized plan created just for your lawn. You just need a hose to apply Sunday. You can fertilize your whole lawn in less time than it takes to watch an episode of your favorite TV show. That's it. And they only use ingredients that you can feel good about. There's no harsh chemicals. There's no long waiting periods or trying to keep your kids and pets off the lawn. You just apply it, you let it dry, and you're good. Sunday is offering our listeners 20% off. It's a full season plan. It starts at 109 bucks, but you can get 20% off when you visit GetSunday.com slash big thing at checkout. You're going to get 20% off custom plan GetSunday.com slash big thing. GetSunday.com slash big thing. I'm telling you, man, you will love this. You help yourself out. You help the show out. You'll enjoy it, and your lawn will look beautiful. AG1, baby. Athletic Greens. You guys know it. I talk about it all the time. We love them. We're so glad that they are a sponsor. So happy to have them. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens every single day. I gave it a try, honestly, because Brett was raving about it. And then I did it and got the whole crew on it. And I've talked about it many times over. Did you watch that Katie Sackhoff interview? She raved about it. Why? Because I take it in the morning. I put it in a, um, a water bottle. I shake it up. It just makes me feel good. It gives me that energy. I'm ready to go. It's amazing because I'm not a big uh, supplements and vitamins guy. I've told you that many times over. So they just take everything. They put it in one delicious scoop. You put it in the water, you shake it up. And why would you want to take a bunch of different things? You can just take one scoop of powder and water once a day. Done. Not a big vitamins guy. Not all these different supplements. You got to take multiple in order to, uh, finally, I did it. Why? Why would you take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder in water once a day? That's it. AG1 was designed with 
ease in mind so you can live healthier and better without having to do a lot. So for me, it's it's just the all-in-one formula. So easy, and it just it's delivered to me every month. been very easy to make it a daily habit. And I have all these side traveling packs, too, with the live shows coming up. going to be crucial. So if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. you got to go to athleticgreens.com slash big thing. Athleticgreens.com slash big thing. Check it out. Thanks once again to Athletic Greens and Sunday Lawn Care right around the corner for, I mean, spring start. Spring start. Get that stuff. It's awesome. And Athletic Greens, I, what I got to tell you about Athletic Greens? I've been telling you about Athletic Greens. You want to support the show? You want to support yourself? Check it out, man. I put the link in the description, but I also put it as a pinned comment. So go ahead, check it out. All right, let's talk about John Wick, baby. John Wick 4 is targeting $70 million for an opening debut. The fourth and the biggest installment of the Keanu Reeves-led action thriller series, John Wick, it is aiming to set a new franchise record at the box office. Once again, this is from Dark Horizons. The critically acclaimed new film is on track to take in 65 to 70 million domestically this weekend and a further 35 to 45 overseas worldwide total of anywhere from 100 to 115 million by Sunday. That continues the franchise's knack for its opening weekend to increase with each entry, jumping from 14 million for the first to 30.4 million for the second and 56.0 million for the third. It costs more than $100 million to produce. The new film has the biggest budget of the series thus far and expected to surpass the third film's $328.3 million global gross before it leaves theaters. Shazam floundered. Creed and Scream sequels did record opening weekend benchmarks for their respective series with Wick to do the same and easily take the top spot in the process, even with 169 minutes runtime limiting sessions. So this is um this is kind of what I said in my opening. And I think... Uh, I think relevant to what we were just been talking about, whether it's with Star Wars and, and Marvel, right? The comic book movie genre right now, I, I the the idea of fatigue is is not, it, to me, is not um, a relevant conversation when it comes to just saying, well, people are just tired of superhero movies. I think people are tired of subpar superhero movies. People are tired of of things that don't move the needle, of things that aren't different, things that are generic. I liked Shazam too. I thought it was good. I thought it was predictable. I thought it was something we've seen a million times over. Um, and there, it, But it was fun. It was fun. Should it have made $100 million? No. I think more people would have enjoyed it. Like my friend Justine Marino yesterday was like, hey, is it terrible? It did so bad. Should I see it? I was like, it's fun. You'll have a good time watching it. She's like, as a casual fan, will I get it? I'm like, you will. It's fun. It's a, it's a fun time at the movies. But I understand why it didn't do very well. And I don't think just blaming um, the the rock for it is is the right way to go sure they could have had a cameo in black adam black adam didn't make a billion dollars to get people more so that i mean they tried to put superman back in it superman and the people didn't see the movie for it and didn't well it would have added a little bit more money because people would have seen it at the end and it would have been a little bit more of a tie-in okay but how much really two or three million dollars five million dollars ten million dollars pushing it to 40 opening weekend i mean it, you can't i mean i'm not saying that do I think that The Rock was a little petty in the way that he handled the Shazam thing? Yeah, I do. But is that? It? But should he be blamed for the reason the movie didn't do well? Clearly, him and Zach Levi have beef because even though they asked Zach Levi the other day, I saw some interview where they're like, "Hey, uh, have you seen Black Adam?" He's like, "No." 
And they're like, well, you're going to watch this? And he's like, I don't know. I got a lot of other things to watch. And then he posted out, the truth will set you free. So he's clearly pissed off at The Rock. And The Rock hasn't, I don't think The Rock has responded. No idea. But blaming The Rock for this, now blaming marketing, sure. You could blame the marketing for it. I don't think it was marketed very well. But I do think that it's this kind of generic thing that has been happening. I think it's the reason why Ant-Man, Ant-Man didn't play very well. Like I said, I didn't mind, both those movies, didn't mind either one of them. But I don't know why you'd rush out to see that movie. Do you have? Is it one of the ones you rush out to see? Is um, Doctor Strange something you rush out to see? Thor: Love and Thunder, rushing out to see? Hell, I like the Eternals. Is it something you rush out to see? John Wick Four, you rush out to see because it's part of the now. Now I will say this: I think that you well, you have to, and I put my immediate reaction to John Wick up. I put my review up. Non-spoiler review of John Wick. John Wick, the first one, was the most based in reality out of all of them. Each one gets a little bit more silly. And and by silly, I mean, I shouldn't say silly. Let's take back silly. Um, over the top, really over the top. Like the idea that, you know, you could, you could fall pretty far and you're going to be all right. Um, I don't have a problem with that. If you had a problem with number three and thought the three was just too over the top, then you ain't going to like four. But if you just have fun with these movies and just are just going to watch Keanu Reeves kick some ass and have some fun inside of this lore that's been going on over, apparently this is what the creator said, over the, this whole story takes place in the span of like a year, a year and a half. And you just follow that ride, you're going to have a blast with John Wick 4. And it's long and it's epic. And I had a blast with it. I really did. And I think people are going to rush out. This is a reason why it's tracking the way it does because it's such a, and it's a different it's 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 a good movie to watch and a great movie to watch in the theater and a different alternative than watching superhero movies. So was Avatar, so was um Creed, so was Scream, so was um Top Gun. So Mission Impossible is going to do very well. Fast 10 is going to do very well. This is especially the comeback after the pandemic. Um we're going to start to see the 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 hike, the hike spike. There it is. The spike for these uh, these movies, and we have, but subpar superhero movies ain't gonna cut it anymore. Black Adam again, another movie I enjoyed watching, but it's a generic late '90s superhero movie that I don't expect anyone to rush out to see because we've, there's so many of these movies now. It's like what's different than anything else? If, I'm, if, if I have, if and I always use, I use. So we have a patron. Who's, who's who usually does the uh, who does the opening for Capes and Cows and does the opening for Sith Council, and um and it's Wicked Art, he's an incredible artist, and he said to me, and I've talked about this before, he's like, look man, I choose my 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 family. He's got he's got two kids. He's got his wife, and they go and they watch movies, but they got to pick. There's I mean they got to pick what they're gonna watch. It's like well we're gonna spend money to see this or we're gonna spend money to see that. I don't know. This looks pretty generic. I don't really have a, an interest for it. What's different than the other things that I've seen before? Does it carry on to anything else? I don't know. I don't want to spend my money on that when I could be spending my money on this that I want to be. It's a movie I'm looking forward to. And that's, that's you, you got to, and especially in March when you had Scream, Creed, John Wick, Dungeons and Dragons, and, um, well, 65, which didn't do very well anyway, but Shazam was in trouble in general. I don't think they ever should have moved their date. I think they should have stuck, stuck at their last date when it was. 
Anyway, um, that's it, guys. That's it for that story. So I'm very curious to hear what you guys think. Am I anywhere near? Right here? Wrong? Got to get your thoughts on it. So go ahead and comment and let me know exactly what you think. All right, next story. All right, and for the last story of the day, I thought this was interesting because as we're getting closer and closer, all these AI programs are coming out, man, like the AI photos, the AI uh, writing apparently now. And listen to this. WGA takes a stance on AI screenwriting. This is from Garth Franklin. The Writers Guild of America has clarified its stance on works created with the help of artificial intelligence. Reports earlier today suggested that the WGA might let AI tools such as chat GPT be used in script writing as long as writers still get credit for the result. The proposal was reportedly made on Monday during a negotiation round with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Since then, however, both the West and East branch of the Guild have posted a Twitter thread detailing their proposal to regulate use of material produced using artificial intelligence or similar technologies. The main aim is to ensure that AI can't be used to undermine writers' working standards, including compensation, residuals, separated rights, and credits, according to the posting. AI can't be used as source material to create MBA-covered writing or rewrite MBA-covered work, and AI-generated text cannot be considered in determining writing credits. Writers may not be assigned AI-generated materials to adapt, nor may AI software generate covered literary material. Whilst a studio can make a writer aware of AI-generated content, it is research material only and has no role in guild-covered work, nor in the chain of title in the intellectual property. As the Guild points out, AI software does not create anything per se. It generates a regurgitation of what's fed and cannot distinguish between copyright protected and public domain content. Therefore, it is. Therefore, its output is not eligible for copyright protection. Therefore, its output is not eligible for copyright protection, nor can an AI software program sign a certificate of authorship. To the contrary, plagiarism is a feature of the AI process. It is unclear how the AMPTP will take to this proposal, but the Writers Guild's current contract is set to expire on May 1st. It's so interesting on so many different levels. Um, just the AI programming, is it, it's so new. It is so young. It's like the... Um, it's like the, you know, back in the day when the internet, there's some video I saw recently, the internet in like 1995 and what the internet was like in 95 as opposed to what it is today. And the same goes for the AI programs. You know, look at the AI programs for like the voices, right? As I had Brian Monarch on here with Joe Goddad a couple of weeks ago, and the, those guys are, are responsible for the program. The, um, the, the, the You've seen the Arnold basically doing the voice of Jack from Titanic. Look at my boobies, Jack, that whole thing. And they've done tons of them. They're really great. Joe does a spot on Arnold and, and Brian Monarch is like a, a, he's become like a master of this, like the deep fake technology and all that. But the reason I bring that up is I was watching some of his videos and there was like a Joe Rogan one. I said, who's doing the impression of Joe Rogan? He goes, that's an AI generated voice, man. And I was like, wow, like what? And it was this whole big thing with voice actors and the programs. I mean, look what they did with James Earl Jones on um on Darth Vader and what they I, I guess that the, the the Luke one was the one Luke Skywalker from Book of Boba Fett was where I went, well that sounds pretty robotic. And maybe they start maybe it starts to change. Maybe they start to able to add a little bit more emotion and and it's a it's a scary time for creators, I'll tell you that, because 
there is stuff like if, if you were able to, and I know that they basically gave the rules of what you can do, what it can determine, what it can't, but as it gets better, imagine going, Hey, look, I've got an idea to do all this. Um, like uh, I always bring the Darth Bane. So I take the Darth Bane novels and I say to the, the program, they want to, you know, adapt it and have the AI basically turn those three novels into scripts. You know, <laughs> just adapted into a certain way. I'd be so curious what the AI program came up with. And I don't know how it exactly works. I don't know if it could work that way or not work the way, but maybe eventually it does. And there's a way for what I'm curious about is could they do something along the lines of like using that program? I'm just using that example. Let's say you can have the AI program adapt that book, the first book into a screenplay and you're not submitting it to the writer's guild, you're not doing any of that, but you're using it as a, as an outliner to anybody that comes in and go, Hey, look, this is the, this is the script that we had the AI generate. And we kind of like what the program came up with and want to want you to, you'll get credit for it. Just go and, and do this. Like, why couldn't you use the program that way? And again, I'm so, I, I could be speaking completely out of my asshole here. I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, but if that's even possible, but it seems like it is, and I'm so curious to get into this. is why I'm more or less bringing this up, to get into a conversation with you guys about it. What do you think about this? Is it something that they should do? Should they nip it in the bud? Skynet coming to get us? All that. Um, and that's really it for today. That's really it. Oh, I can tell you that I finished The Last of Us game. I'll, I'll, I'll end with that. I finished The Last of Us, and I'm going to do a quick kind of review on the game itself. Um, I loved the game, man. I loved it. And what I did, I, I watched the series. I played up until the point that I've already seen in the, in the series. And then I played the game. So I didn't get spoiled. I only got spoiled once and I did it on purpose. Kind of. I started playing this. Oh yeah. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to compare. Cause I get all these people who were playing the game first and then comparing. I'm going to do that. And I did that for one storyline and it was the David storyline. That's all I'll say for people who haven't seen the series and I ruin it for them. But everything that people said about this game is absolutely true. Um, from the gameplay alone, from the, the story that even though I knew some of the stuff that was going to happen because I'd watched the series, it had, it still had a, a major impact. There are some things I liked better in the game. There are some things I like better in the series. Um, but overall it's just masterful storytelling and you can understand it was a no brainer to turn this into a series. I'm so glad that it happened now these days that it got made into a streaming um, series as opposed to maybe 10, Years ago, it would have been turned into a subpar film because they would have tried to condense that story into a two-hour film, and there's no way you could have done it. Um, you just you just couldn't have. Maybe make it three different movies, but even then, you had to wait three years in between. This it, it, this was the best outcome for this series, and the game just it, the, again, like I said, the gameplay of it. It's like it, it gets terrifying, it gets emotional. It's great, and I th and I'm gonna do a, I think a, a Twitch watch along or play along um, for the second game. We have the channel. We haven't really utilized it. We're gonna start utilizing it more. So be on the lookout for that. But uh, yeah, this is just a very special game, as you guys all know. You guys, who, people who have played it, people who haven't that have been considering it, do it. What I liked about it also was it takes noobs like me and like says, "Hey, you're you're bad at games, and if you're." You're still trying to swim in the same place. Here's a hint. Don't go that way. Go the other way. Dummy. And I love that about the Naughty Dog games. They did that for um, Uncharted, and they did that for this one, too. So big fan of the game. I think it was great. Anyway, that's all I got. Thank you today for joining me. Don't forget that tomorrow, not only we're we doing Capes and Cows in the morning, 
Sign up today, thechristianharloff.com. Big announcements coming in tomorrow, and we hope that you join us. It's going to be a virtual event. The whole Big Thing crew is going to be there, and we hope to have you there so you can be with us on the journey, be part of the special announcements, get some of the uh, some of the, the goodness that comes with the announcements, and we hope that you join us. free to sign up, so thechristianharloff.com. If you haven't already, hit that button, man. Subscribe to the channel today. Get us to 100. We're getting close. Brett and Roxy will be back next week. Don't worry. They'll be at that special event tomorrow. But thank you for joining me here today. I really appreciate you. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. All right. Happy Thursday, everybody. We'll see you on the flip side. It's the big thing. It's me. It's you. See you later. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.